The Midnight Banjo Show proudly presents A Country Song a Day The early morning version of an otherwise midnight show Put the kettle on the fire and let me keep you company while you wait One of the verses of the worst country song of all time, that is apparently supposed to denigrate liberals, pretty much suggests that if you don't get a good whipping by your parents during your upbringing, your whole adult life is earmarked for bad decisions. Hell, you might even get nefarious aspirations of sticking a fork in the constitution and start to support dictators like Kim Jong-un and Putin. Sound far-fetched? It is what it is. The lyrics of the worst country song of all time. Good morning, if you're listening to this in the morning. Good evening, if it's evening time over there right now. And whatever other greeting is most appropriate for this time of day, the time of day you're listening to this, that is, um, well, I wish you well. Welcome to the first instalment of A Country Song A Die, which will be a week-long special series that will run from Monday to Friday, so from today, uh, the moment you're listening to this, all the way to Friday, uh, where the last instalment will be released, and that sort of buys me some time to prepare the season's finale, as well as make some arrangements and do some more in-depth research for topics that you will well, hear all about, quite literally, in the near future. So, this format is for the most part unscripted and virtually unedited, so I'm going to give you a more radio sort of live feel than what you've grown accustomed to. So, what are we going to talk about today? As the title suggests, we're going to talk about the worst country song of all time. And I kid you not, this is indeed its title. The title given to it, that is, by Brantley Gilbert, Hardy and Toby Keith. What we're going to cover then, a brief preview of the episode would read as follows. The backstory of the song, why you should listen to it, and the best time of day to do so. Without further ado, and you know that I like a doing quite a lot, but I'm going to try to hold it in for now. We're going to start with the premise. Has the following ever happened to you? You're out drinking with buddies at a pub, maybe even at the park, having a picnic there, if the weather permits it. And after more rounds than you care to remember, one of your mates throws in that silly idea, what if idea, after having played Never Have I Ever quite a few times. And instead of just brushing it off as as the booze speaking, you sort of say, hold on a second, sounds like a good idea, and you start working on it. Before you know it, you're dead set on that project, and, even though you you weren't expecting anything like that, it turns out to be a success. A hit, in our case, since we're talking about a song. This is pretty much what I surmised must have happened to Gilbert, Hardy and Keith when they were at that retreat of theirs, a songwriting retreat, where they brainstormed ideas for this song and came up with it. Now, let me tell you a bit more about the backstory. There is the boring way of doing this, and the interesting way. Why don't we go for the second one? I'm going to tell you the backstory through quotes, all of which were borrowed from theboot.com, 
a country music magazine that we consult quite often. The quotes. Hardy. Look, I've got this stupid idea. What if we wrote the worst country song of all time and make everything about it just the most repulsive to a country music fan stuff ever? Brantley Gilbert. You know, it was a big joke. We laughed about it, kind of laughed it off. And before we knew it, we were writing it. Toby Keith. He called, he being Gilbert, and asked me if I'd like to be involved in it. And since I've been involved in some of the best country songs of all time, I thought it's fitting that I should be involved in one of the worst. For the full story, I invite you to go to theboot.com and read the whole article. As always, you can find a link to that and much more in the show notes also known as the description box, that I used to refer to it as in the first few episodes when I I thought I was a YouTuber. I know I wasn't. (laughs) Interestingly enough, if you pay attention to what is said in the song, you might assume its primary purpose is to trigger liberals. And indeed, with, with verses like the one that I sort of read to you at the beginning of this episode, you might be right in that assumption of yours. And I think we all are, in a way. But at the same time, I think there's a kind of double entendre there. The intended effect of the song seems to not only be to, well, make liberals cringe, but it also seems to be cringeworthy for genuine fans of the genre. As Hardy said in the earlier quote, that was one of their objectives when writing the song. Personally, I believe that the song functions on two or maybe even three levels. Level one would be to make it repulsive to liberals listening to this who are represented as pretty much yuppies, who don't care about much other than their self-entitlement. Level two, probably to give a good laugh to country music fans. And level three, maybe there is a slight touch of self-deprecation there. I hope so. Now, that brings us to the criticism. You can imagine that a song with the lyrics that we just touched upon must have people who love it and... Of course, those who hate it. SavingCountryMusic.com pretty much talks about this song as being a silly, bro-country song. And, to be totally honest, I don't disagree with them 100% this time. Those of you who've been following this show for quite a while now might remember my reference to their website on episode 4, well, coincidentally enough, the the Brandley Gilbert episode, where I didn't exactly see eye-to-eye with them when it came to Rolex on a Redneck. But for this one, I think I have to agree. As always, I invite you to check out their full article on savingcountrymusic.com. You know where to find the link to that. I don't have to repeat myself, which is another thing that I tend to do here and there. Now, on to the reasons why you should listen to it. For this particular song, I'm going to give you two reasons. Even though when planning this special, I was thinking that... I should come up with three reasons for every song that I cover on this list. Mm. On second thought, for this particular one, I can only find two reasons. So, reason number one. It's an uplifting, upbeat country tune with elements of rock and pop. It is a brand of country that I personally love listening to, so in terms of melody, beat, and so on and so forth, it's quite enjoyable, at least to my ears. The highlights of the song are two for me. Toby Keith's part, which will remind you of Red Solo Cub, if you're already a fan of Toby Keith's. And even if you're not, it's quite an earworm, and I guess it was used to be played on the radio quite a lot in its heyday. And the second highlight of the song for me would be the saxophone solo. I think that it was just added there for the comic effect. 
probably, I don't know, representing the worst of country music. Uh, I'm not really sure what their intention was behind this part of the arrangement, that is, but personally I think it was a nice touch. If you want to find out more about Hardy, check out One Beer, which is one of his songs that I personally love. For Brantley Gilbert, well, we have almost a whole episode dedicated to him, or at least half an episode, and that's episode four, as you know. And for Toby Keith, apart from Red Solo Cup, I also like his hit I Love This Bar and many other hits that you can find, of course, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your music. Reason number two why you should listen to this song is that it's interesting to hear it now that you know it's an outright troll song, at least in my opinion, maybe the artists themselves would disagree, that can make anyone cringe all across the political or cultural spectrum. And just to give you one more last idea of how the song can trigger some people, here's what they say in their chorus. Of course, in order to avoid any copyright infringement, I'm going to paraphrase the lyrics. But it goes something like this. The stereotypical non-country music-loving city boy or city girl seems to be in love with the cities and all their problems, including bottlenecking, and traffic jams and all that. They don't really want a house on a piece of land. So, I don't know, probably they want to live on a trailer or something like that, or on a boat, I don't know. They have a strong sense of entitlement to money without really wanting to earn it, meaning that they're probably not the hardest workers around. And they're so extremely forward-thinking that they think it's a good idea to, and I quote, change the American flag. (laughs) And of course, after that, you hear the line, this is the worst country song of all time. Maybe it is. I don't know. But you get the idea. The lyrics are a bit too much. And of course, the artist's intention was for the lyrics to be over the top. Achievement unlocked. And now, on to the best time of day to listen to this song. Being an uplifting song and all, I believe it's a morning tune. So, how about right now? At the beginning of the day, if you're listening to this in the morning. Or... Late at night, if you're listening to this right after work. At any rate, for all its lyrical shortcomings, I think that whenever you choose to listen to it, it will lift you up. If not the lyrics, at least the melody, the rhythm, the beat, and all that. Now, if you're interested in this song, topic, or subgenre of country music, which is very close to country rock, or country with very pronounced elements of rock music, why don't you check out episode 3 of the series, if you haven't done so already? And if you want to find out more about Brantley Gilbert, you can check out episode 4, as indicated earlier. The recap. All in all, on this episode, we were briefed about the song's backstory. I gave you some reasons why you should listen to it, as well as when to do so optimally. And I also made some suggestions for further listening. Check the show notes for more. Fun fact. Interested to know how the worst country song of all time performed on the Billboard chart? What is your expectation? Well, it peaked at number 32. Not too bad for the worst country song of all time. Your Kappa Joe, or Kappa, is ready now. Have a gulp and reflect on the song. Hell, why don't you give it a listen while you're at it? Wink wink. Until tomorrow, have yourself a blast.
Oh, and remember, a country song a day keeps the